One of my favorite things to do is, well, probably my ultimate favorite thing to do is watch the sun go down. I don't know why. I've been doing it for a long time. I tell people it's because I like to think that I made it through another day. So it's a celebration, I guess, in a way. And also it puts everything in perspective. You know, life, even your day, just your day, the, the day that you watch it. And uh, I have a lot of favorite spots. But ultimately one is right down the road from my house. It's uh, overlooks the cemetery. It's up on a hill that has a cemetery and then further down the hill is... Anyways, so long story short, when I watch the sun go down every once in a while, I get lucky and I get to see what I call sunflies or sunbugs. Sure, you've seen them. They're they're bugs that you you don't notice unless you're looking at a, a ray of sunlight, and you'll notice them, and they'll all be flying around in this big group, just in a circle. And I've looked it up before that they're mating. Um, <laughs> it's mostly mating, but they do it also when they're born. And when you see them, like right now, I have millions of them in front of me on this one ray of sunlight they're not the kind of bugs that bug you they just they're just doing their own thing they don't even know I'm here but it, I look at them and it always reminds me of us just too busy in our own little world to notice things around us now, I'm not blaming the bugs I think that they're awesome and I thank God, you know, I thank the infinite, whatever that may be to you, but I thank it for showing me things like this because it's pretty crazy when you just see a billion little bugs flying around in circles, just doing what they're supposed to do. It really puts everything in perspective and how small everything is. Yeah, they reminded me of us when we're running around trying to kill each other over Black Friday sales. But overall, what they're doing is, I mean, they only last a day or two. That's their lifespan. <laughs> their whole life is flying around that circle, mating, and then dying off. And the next ones do the same thing. I don't know what they eat. I don't know what they... I don't think they do it all day long. I've, I've never seen them. I only see them when there's, a, when there's a ray of sun. I'm sure they're out when it's cloudy out, but I just don't see them. They're so tiny that the, the, they're like gnats almost. They're not gnats, but they're almost that size. Like the only way you're going to notice them is if you see some kind of light source on them. That's the only way you can see them flickering. They're so insignificant to my life. But they play such an important part to my mental health in my life. Because if I stopped seeing them, I'd be depressed. 
at the same time there's a flock of birds that always hangs out at the cemetery too that I don't remember quite exactly what type they are I looked it up once but they're the kind of birds that fly in flocks and they literally fly in sequence in flocks and so every once in a while they'll get up if there's a predator like a hawk they'll get up off the ground they'll fly in, in sink like a big like I don't know how like a twister almost I've seen them do that they actually they form a tornado it's crazy I've seen them do some beautiful things in the air when they fly in sink like that and what they'll do is they'll fly they'll completely engulf a hawk knowing that one of or two or three might take, get taken out but there's greater strength in numbers but it's amazing like it's one of those things I see them all the time but I don't always see them do the, the sink the dancing but when they do do it there's no words to describe it it really isn't I, I guess it would be like seeing the perfect baller, ballerina which I've never seen but I can see that it would be comparable and it's the same thing with the light bugs like yeah they're just flying around at least a million of them (laughs) flying around in one big circle just lightly touching each other it's chaos within its own purest form but it's structured chaos like I don't think they have a pattern like the birds use a pattern to fly in sync like that they have to I've seen videos where if one or two of them are out of sync, the whole flock will go down. I saw that a a video in Mexico once. One of them got spooked and went out of sync. And like another hundred of them followed him right into the ground. It was sad, but it depends on, you know, that. Like how closely they're in sync. Whereas the bugs, I don't think it's like that so much. I think they just fly around and (laughs) it's a circle. But... I don't really know what I'm getting at. It's just beautiful. It is chaos, though. With the birds, I guess it would be structured chaos as well. And I don't know. I mean, I guess when you think of chaos, you think of unorganized. But I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if that's true. I think in reality, everything that we think is reality is structured chaos. You know, I think things happen. And we take it as it is what it is or, you know, there's some kind of grand plan or something. But in reality, I could be sitting here talking to you and an airplane that lands at the airport at the bottom of this hill could crash into my van and kill me. So while it may not be chaos that I'm sitting here watching the bugs and everything's simple and perfect... It could be chaotic if an airplane crashed on me. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... It's an amazing thing to see the bugs. <laughs> I sit here sometimes and I watch them and... I wonder what it's like. Are they happy? If they know what happiness is, are they... Does it give them joy? We know that animals can understand joy. 
10 bugs. Can a million bugs flying in circles feel joy? The sadness is that they don't, I have no way to tell them that what they do is beautiful. I have no way to explain it to something that I can only see on a ray of sunlight. I have no way of communicating with it. But somehow my feelings on it must be felt somewhere in the universe, somewhere in, in this plane it must be felt because they're always put in front of me. They're always given to me so I can enjoy them. No matter where I am. I, I've been across the country and I could be in the middle of, I was in the middle of Wyoming one time and there they were, dancing on a ray of sunlight. It was completely opposite. There was nothing out there, just me and a bunch of dirt. And I was bored. And then the sun came and showed me the bugs. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to explain to that being, that, that bug, what it does for me. But by me talking about it within myself, it must be known. And I'm just giving it over and over again. I'm giving the birds over and over again. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm blessed and thankful that I'm giving the sun to watch go down. And as I speak, the birds are actually doing their little dance in the air right now. It's amazing. The best way I could describe it is it's like a cloud of birds. And the cloud is constantly changing at every turn. Whatever the front birds do, the back birds follow. And it can look like a big spiral in the air. It'd be like if somebody took a ball of Play-Doh and formed it into spirals and clouds and I don't know if that's a good example but it, it's it's hard, it's like mist it's like cigarette smoke or any kind of smoke but cigarette smoke, have you ever noticed how cigarette smoke floats off the top of a cigarette a lit cigarette, it's like that you know, even something as simple as that when you look at it I unfortunately smoke cigarettes, but when I see that, sometimes I catch a glimpse and I know that that smoke is killing me, but at the same time, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to watch how it moves. Or it's like a bubble. When you see that random bubble, you're, you're driving or you're walking down the road and somebody's having a party somewhere and a, a random soap bubble comes flying by that some kid blew 20 houses down. It's just beautiful. It's so many little things like that. Just now, I just, out of the very glimpse of me looking forward, I saw a, a bee, I think, fly by. But I only, I only saw it for a split second, or a split nan nanosecond. But I saw it fly by.
I'm blessed because I still have eyesight. That I've always had eyesight. I feel for my brothers and sisters who don't have that luxury. Those that are deaf and they can't hear the sounds that I'm given and I've taken for granted all my life. sight and sound and touch when was the last time you just were walking say even into a building and you just put your hand up against the cement of the wall and walked along with your hand slowly feeling the cement as you go try it when was the last time you stopped and just looked at anything Not something on TV, not something on your phone, not what your friend's wearing, not anything materialistic, just stopped and looked and realized all the chaos that's going on on around you and just how beautiful it is. It's all structured chaos if that's even a thing but that's how my brain calculates it I probably can't comprehend what it really is and to tell you the truth I'm starting to give up on trying to figure it out this structured chaos just seems like a better easier way to explain it or maybe it's just pure chaos <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of parts of the world that are in pure chaos. And they have been for thousands of years. It's not anything new. Uh, War, famine, revolutions, dictatorships. Uh, So many other things I could list. Genocide, it's all chaos. They may be structured in a way by those that are leading those parties, but I'd have to say that the birds flying, the bugs doing their thing, the sun just being the sun (laughs) and not coming closer to us or going farther away, it's all chaos to think about, but Some things are structured or created to follow a pattern, thankfully. You need to stop and you need to look and see if you can find your own variation or example of this. think anything I've done this plenty of times in my life but I was never one of to believe so much in a higher power or a god or an all or anything I just believed it was chaos 
but then I found religion or a religion and I thought that would answer some of the questions but now that I've kind of walked away from that I'm I'm almost back to where I think it's chaos but I still believe I now believe that I don't know if there's something controlling it but there's something that's structured it created it and it gives me the gift of understanding or trying to understand it the last year or so all I've been doing is trying to get all the answers and not try to understand it but understand it but I've learned that really it's as he, as it's said in the Bible my ways are not your ways there's another thing that happens it only happens around this time of the year there's right now probably I'd say a good couple of hundred crows flying over I call them Charlies, that's their nickname. I don't ever see Charlie fly in this migration pattern until around the end of August, early September. Hundreds of them. Here comes another couple hundred now. They fly over, they're like the geese. They fly in their own formation. It's funny because crows are, they have their brood and they'll stick with their one brood but it's usually not this many birds. It's usually five or six of them, sometimes 20, depending on how big the family is, but I sit here and I watch this as I have for the last three nights, and I realize that they might have their own little units, but when it comes to this, they all work together. They all stick together. Every year I say I'm gonna go try to find out where they go, but <laughs> the pattern changes. Last year it was be they would fly by going east behind where I park. Now they're flying east but in front of where I park. It's just another part of the chaos. It's funny too because like some of the crows will fly backwards and they'll start cawing. You might be able to hear them. And they'll like egg on the other ones to keep going. It's, it's strange. Like if one or two fall behind, one will fly back and start calling and tell them to keep going. <laughs> like a drill sergeant almost. I'm so blessed to be able to see things like this. Blessed, lucky, whatever you want to call it. I mean, as far as miracles go, to me, seeing this, seeing how nature works, even when we're not looking, that's, it's a miracle every time. To see the, that one Charlie go back and push the others along. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a clear definition of beauty and 
endurance. Its own form of chaos. Its own form of structure and perseverance to keep going. I always see other things too up in the sky when the sun goes down. Things that I can't explain. I have a little app on my phone that will tell me if a plane's flying over, whether military or civilian. And sometimes I'll look up and I'll see something clear as day. But it's not on the map. Now, whether that's little green men, I don't know. Could just very well be another me coming from another dimension. It could just be my eyes playing tricks on me. But just like I don't have the answers to the bugs flying around in a circle and how the birds work and why the Charlies or the crows fly that way, I have no idea what those shiny objects are that fly by every once in a while. And I'll probably never know. And I don't need to know. I thought I needed to know. I thought I needed all the answers. But I'm starting to realize that I'm, I'm not supposed to get the answers. It's not that anybody or anything is holding it back from me. It's that... I'm looking for truth and things and answers and things that don't directly affect my life. So why do I need the answers for them? I don't need to know why the crows fly that way. I can be curious and I can try to find that answer. But I don't need to go reading all kinds of books and watching all kinds of biographies or YouTube videos on why bugs fly around in a circle or why crows fly a certain way or what those shiny things are in the atmosphere. I don't necessarily, necessarily have to worry about any of that stuff. I don't have to worry any longer about who God is or what God is supposed to be. I know what God is to me. I don't know all of it. <laughs> but I do firmly believe that If I ask, and if I seek, answers are given. May not be the answer I want. May not be an answer I understand. Most of the time it's something I don't understand. Lately I've been reminded a lot of the song that I like, and one of the lines in the song is, I'm running around looking for answers to questions I already know. And I think that's what I'm being told over and over again. You already know the answers to this question. I know what other people would answer, how they would answer the question. And at, at points in my life, I took their word. But I'm learning now that I already have the answers based on my own feelings, my own heart, my own mind, my own intellect. And I should just take those and use those or put them to the side and not think about it. But not continually debate. See, that's my problem. I keep on saying, well, that seems like the answer, but what if I'm wrong? And so I'm second-guessing myself, which is how I fell out of religion. I second-guessed everything they said. And I'm glad I did in a way. 
it's, I think it may be okay to do that. Second guessing somebody else's opinion because, you know, I'm looking for answers from other people where I should be looking for the answers for myself. I don't think it's good for us to second guess ourselves. Some instances, maybe more logically thinking, being more critical thinking in your decisions, yes. But once you've made a decision and you say, okay, this is the way I believe it is, and you firmly believe that, you shouldn't go looking for another answer. And I've done that so many times in the last couple of years. And I think that that leads to more and more confusion, more and more blame, because you'll find out, you'll say, well, that guy wasn't right. And you'll blame him and hold animosity towards him, and it's not his fault. He was just giving you his opinion. You believed his opinion without trying to find out for yourself. Somewhere I read, I don't know what book or what million YouTube videos I watched or whatever, but somebody once said that your purpose here is to find your own truth. And that's what I'm focusing on now. And if I don't even find it, whatever. But but I'm going to try to find my own, not somebody else's. Not anymore. I can't do it anymore. I've gone down so many rabbit holes. <laughs> but I've learned a lot of things. And I'm thankful for that. I learned that with religion... The problem that I learned with religion was that everything that I'm talking about now, everything that I think about now, wasn't allowed or was frowned upon by the churches and the people that I met. Before I became a Christian, I, I never really thought about philosophical things or intellectual things or did any kind of critical thinking on morals and ethics or anything like that. I never did any of that. And then once I saw, once I became a Christian, born again, dipped in the water and everything, I know some people may say I'm not a real Christian, but once I came out of that water, something changed and I wanted to learn more. And the Bible was a great beginning point because I learned about, I didn't know anything about history. Like, I thought Jesus was walking around in caveman times. <laughs> I didn't realize they had wheels and, you know, all that. And then so I, I started, I didn't leave the Bible, I read the Bible. And then I started wondering, like, what was it like in his time? What were, what were the people like? What were the cultures like? And so I started reading, you know, Greek history, Roman history, uh, Egyptian history, early Christian history. I started reading philosophy, you know, the, some of the great Socrates, Plato... Epicurus, you know, Aurelius. Uh, I started reading about the Tao and, you know, Zen, Buddhism, and all these things. And people said, oh, you can't read those things. That's the work of the devil. And I just couldn't understand. I couldn't comprehend how I came from never wanting to know anything to now at, at my late stage of life at 49 wanting to know more and more of that stuff not exactly seeking answers that are outside of a Christian faith system 
not trying to defame God or Jesus or anything like that. I still, I still believe that Jesus is my Savior. Not because he was killed on a cross, but because his words, the red letters of the Bible, are what inspired me to continue looking. To continue trying to understand. He told us to ask and seek and knock and I took that to heart and I started going and looking. I feel that he's with me. In some sense at all times I feel he's with me. Helicopter. I think it might be spying me. I do sit in my old van in weird situations. I have binoculars and I look at everything, so they probably think I'm trying to blow up the airport or something. But, but yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me that they they told me I couldn't read that stuff. And I feel bad for them now because I took what Jesus said. I didn't really take anything from the Old Testament. I took some things from Psalms and the books of wisdom, you know, I wouldn't really know if Solomon truly wrote those. I, I don't believe he did, but but I took what's in there because a lot of those things, the things that Jesus said, the things that are written in the books of wisdom, they all say the same thing that the Tao Te Ching says, same thing that Buddha says, the same things that, you know, a lot of the old ancients all said the same thing. So I took all that stuff and I ran with it in different directions and I compared where where others would say the same thing and, and it was amazing. But I felt bad because I would try to tell brothers and sisters, well, you know, Buddha said this just like Jesus did. And they, oh, we don't want to hear that. Jesus was the original that said that. And I won't get into all the details of those discussions or arguments, but... I read something recently about a man named Albert Camus, who was a philosopher, a French philosopher, and he talks about suicide and how the only question in life, the only philosophical question in life is, is whether or not to commit suicide. And when he says that, he's not talking directly about killing yourself, but there's other types of philosophical, there's other types of suicide, one of them being philosophical suicide. And philosophical suicide is when you take another man's authority or another man's word for your own. So whatever religion, it doesn't matter what religion it is, it's not attack on Christianity, it's, it's any religion. When you take a religion with a set dogma or set creed and not allowing yourself to allow your mind to explore other subjects you're committing philosophical suicide. I don't understand how a God, the God, God's plural, any creator would put us here with such... It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter. Don't ever let anybody tell you you're not smart. You're just as smart as, the, as Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. You're just as smart. You just haven't figured out the potential to do that. So... I can't see us all having this this intelligence or this curiosity, you know, like a child, to learn more. 
which is what Jesus said. He, he told us to learn more, to be like children. I can't see any God being angry at me for trying to learn other things about either him or her or it or just about life in general and how the planet works and how animals work and how thought works and how my own life works not to go down rabbit holes and dig too deep not to do this and that but just to be curious about it why is that a bad thing what sin am I committing by wondering what a little Indian guy said 600 years before Jesus was born what what's what can be bad from that why can't I listen to Buddha who was born 600 years before Jesus I can't listen to him but I have to listen to any of the Jews that tell the stories in the Old Testament the Old Testament and the New Testament are in no way related so as a Christian I shouldn't have to only be structured to see any kind of history text that was written by the Jews. I don't know. I don't want to get into that rant. But I'm not going out looking. I've never gone out and looked for magic spells or, or witchcraft or any of that stuff. I've never gone that route. I don't have anything against it. I've read things that contain black magic and white magic, but you know, it's not my thing. It didn't resonate in my heart. My whole journey is trying to to become better in the sense that I'm not, I guess my, my whole journey is to become good. I've been bad and evil all my life. Maybe not all of it. Maybe I've had times where I've been compassionate and benevolent, but I'm trying to understand what makes me tick, what makes those around me tick. And in some sense, what makes this beautiful sunset tick and the birds tick. And I don't need to understand all the details, but I, I want to be curious about it. And I want to feel free to be curious about it and not feel judged by man or God about it. It's a gift. I mean, maybe it's always been there. Maybe I've always had it in my head. So maybe my atheist friends will disagree and say, well, it's always been there. Maybe it has. Maybe it's always been there. But something brought it out. Maybe it was just midlife crisis. Maybe it was... Every man is... I think every man will eventually start looking in his own way. The sun, unfortunately, went behind some clouds. So I'm not going to be able to see her completely go down. But I'll be able to see her rays pop up above the clouds. Which is amazing within itself. Even without seeing her hit the horizon. It's always glorious to watch the clouds light up red. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Kind of went off on a rant on this one. Like, the bugs are amazing. The birds are all amazing. Everything, everything is amazing. Everything, everything I'm thankful for. I'm thankful my my hip is starting to go from what my doctors are telling me, and it sucks at only 49. But I'm thankful in a way for it. Maybe it'll slow me down, make me look more. It's hard to accept suffering as something you should be thankful for, but I do, maybe that's the Buddhism talking, but I, I, I think 
I'm starting to realize that I have to accept the good and the bad, the yin and the yang of all situations. So many good things happen to all of us, but it happens at the expense of somebody else. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. They don't stop and think. You know, every time you buy an Apple iWatch or anything like that, you've got to remember that there's most likely a 12-year-old kid building that thing, working 18 hours days and getting paid jack crap. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm just saying that, you know, we don't look at things like that. So while that suffering is not your suffering, you have to understand that everything good most likely has a yang, a yin, and a yang. There's always going to be a good and a bad to it. It's very hard to accept. James said, count it all joy. The everything. He said, count it all joy. The pain, the suffering, the love, the mercy, the compassion, everything. Count it all joy. And that's what I mean. I learned a lot from reading the Bible. Maybe I was cherry picking certain lines, but it changed my life in different ways and helps me guide my way every day. I don't go out telling people that they're going to hell. I don't so much even worry about myself going to hell anymore. I tend to think that hell is what we make it. Kind of like what our lives are. A good friend gave me a, a drawing once that said, or says, everyone's only as happy as they make themselves up to be. And so if you create your own personal hell, maybe that's where it is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I will end up in eternal hellfire. I don't know. But I can sit there and worry about that on a Sunday morning. Or I can walk through a park and notice how beautiful a flower is that I've never seen in my life or that I've always taken for granted. I can sit there on Sundays and talk about how others are going to hell because of what I think they're doing that's morally wrong, even though I was told in the Bible not to judge others or to be a hypocrite. I could do that on a Sunday morning, or I could go out and I could read a book in a park and experience everything that has been given to me while I read a book on better ways to handle my compassion and my empathy towards others whether that be the words of Jesus or another teacher's words I could do that or I could go to church and, and backbite and talk behind people's back and I'm not saying that's all churches I'm not saying that's everybody but I don't want to be constrained by others opinions and thoughts of what's right and wrong anymore I want to find my own truth whatever that may be wherever that may lead me it may come down to Jesus or somebody else saying go away I never knew you but it's a risk I'm willing to take if it means that I can be myself that I can 
try to understand who I am. The key words being try to understand. Like I said, I'm not exactly looking for answers anymore. When I say I need to find my own truth, I basically need to trust my own opinion. It's a beautiful thing to just stop and look around. It's a gift that we're all given. Maybe not to all of us. I should rephrase that. Like I said, some brothers and sisters, they, they can't see. But they, I'm, I'm thankful and I, I pray that they can hear or they can experience in another way. Here comes a whole nother flock of Charlies right over my head. <laughs> you guys are late. They really are beautiful animals, crows. Ah! beautiful animals they catch so much shit because they're black and just like the black cat they're very loving animals they love family they protect their own they do love humans if you treat them right they'll they'll bring you stuff they brought me stuff they love peanuts in case anybody ever 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 listens to this which I highly doubt but if you do Bring peanuts, unsalted peanuts, unsalted peanuts in a shell. Bring them out, throw them in a park. Let the let the crows see you throw them. Keep doing it for a couple of days, and they'll they'll learn your face, and then they'll learn to accept you eventually. They'll start bringing you little trinkets. If that doesn't show signs of some kind of created or structured chaos behind it all, I don't know what would. Patton Oswalt, Patton Oswalt, the, the comedian, his wife and him get in an argument one time about religion. His wife was dying at the time. She's passed on now. They got in this argument about religion and Patton was, is an atheist and he was telling her that, you know, he doesn't believe in any of that and she's just going to die and it's going to ruin the family. And she turned to him and said, it's all chaos. Be kind. Think about that for a second. A woman who knows she has two children and a husband who she will soon have to depart. Debating with her husband about upon her death. It'll all be chaos for Patton and his children and her being a God-fearing woman her answer back was it's all chaos be kind I've never met her I've never seen her I don't know what she was like but those words those words helped change me as I'm quite sure they helped Mr. Oswald change as well.
You can think of a million quotes that a million men have said that have been shared all over Facebook, all over TikTok and YouTube, whatever. Those little quotes that you put on your desk at work. But here we are, a woman facing death. The deep, dark cloud. And her words of advice to her husband were, It's all chaos. Be kind. So the lights have gone down. The sun has gone down. There's no more bugs flying around in circles except for little beetles. Now there's a bunch of beetles flying around the van. (laughs) Such harmless little creatures, but they bug all of us. They don't bite. They don't do nothing, but they're flying around blind. They can't see until it's dark. Stop and notice the beetles. Realize that just like the other bugs flying around in circles, they're just as lost as we are, but they're doing what they got to supposed to do, what they think they're supposed to do. Live that way. Don't be in a rush to get more stuff. You can't bring any of that stuff with you. I'll paraphrase it, but like Jesus said, you can stock up all that stuff, but you ain't going to be able to bring it with you to the gate. So, the things that we buy and we place on the shelf and never look at again are not as important as the things that are freely given to us every day. Just by stopping and looking around or hearing or feeling It's all chaos. It's all chaos. Allow it to humble you and be thankful for it and be kind. I love you all.